2: Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Red Circle. Also on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Also subscribe to Off the Floor. You can find it at winnow.app backslash off the floor, $3.05 per month. Free for the first week, $30 for the entire year. You get text directly to your phone. So you can bypass Twitter or X or whatever the heck it's going to be called from now on. Also check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network that includes our friend mark brown you can find him at markbrownpa.com. markbrownpa.com mark brown based in north lauderdale why would you reach out to mark well for a lot of reasons one he's a terrific real estate attorney so if you need anything in that area whether it's bankruptcies closings anything along those lines mark can help you with it i can tell you he helped me close on two properties did a great job even when it wasn't so easy on the other side. So check them out for that. But also, if you have a family, you need an estate plan. So reach out to Mark for that. He'll go through all the paperwork with you. Again, it's not expensive. Make sure that your money goes where it is supposed to go. If something ever happens to you, go to markbrownpa.com. That's with a C, markbrownpa.com, or 954-566-5678, 954-566-5678. And now, today's episode.
0: Biscay. Yikes! You. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Wait, here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, rain bubble frogs. Just like Butler said, you in trouble, y'all. Keep the flow playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block? Stop one hand and Pat the trust. it's fire have the guts. We here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA, featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reason Sports Network.
2: All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can find me at Ethan J Skolnick at Five Reason Sports. We got Greg Sylvander. You can find him at Greg Sylvander. Today I was at the Big Three in Miami, Michael Beasley, Mario Chalmers playing on the same team against Gerald Green. Richard Lewis was there, a lot of Heat representation. Uh, posted a video from Rio on the YouTube channel. Make sure you check that out. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more another day. I think I might have actually baited the Miami Heat maybe into hiring Rio, which would be nice. I I, I had to mention to, to Mario that he had an opening. He said, "Yeah, I heard that." Uh, he actually said he was hoping that Spo or Pat would be there. He wants to get into player development, so it seems like he's kind of finally done with his playing career, at least after the big three, and is looking to get into that. So, uh, hopefully, we made a match there because I think ninety nine percent of Heath fans will be happy with that. Of course, Anthony Carter uh, recently left the organization for memphis it was also gary payton was there today there was a lot of again a lot of heat representation um but we're going to talk about something else here greg and i together we like to do these kind of big picture episodes and there was some news late last week Andy ellisberg was promoted he was given a new title but according to the press release not really any new responsibilities that we know of he's still reporting to uh the arison family and to pat riley He's still in charge of the cap stuff. He's still going to be doing general manager-like things. And so, you know, you look through it, you're like, okay, what is different here? And and I think both of us, and maybe we're wrong about this, and if if somebody in the organization wants to correct us, they can do it. But it it seemed forward thinking more than current thinking. And I I know that everybody can say, well, maybe he just got a raise, and that was the deal. Well, the Heat don't typically like – make a big deal out of people getting raises. Like we we never find out what Eric Spolstra makes or anybody else in the organization. It's not information that they release. And to put out a press release, even if it was a late afternoon press release, to signify a title change seems like more than just, okay, we gave the guy a raise. I mean, as far as we know, I don't think another team made Andy an offer, although certainly 29 other teams should. Um, So again, this felt more forward thinking. It's felt sort of like putting someone in a position for the future where it's kind of known that this person who again we all agree going all the way from media relations intern to the best cap guy in the league and handling the phone calls on trades and everything else that Andy does we agree that he deserves it the question is why it was really necessary to release it and it it feels forward thinking so we're gonna I'm, I'm gonna go to you on that first Greg but we're gonna use that as a kind of a a way to get into this question which i put on twitter a couple times now who is the most important person in the organization going forward and we'll get to that list in a second but first what do you make of them putting out this release for andy getting a promotion
3: well i like to believe that they being such avid listeners of five on the floor have heard of us discuss succession planning and what it would look like, and us speculate and say who we think would be in what position, and would Eric Spolstra do the the thing where he coached and also was the lead man, and this and that, and um, because of that, they issued this response. No, I'm totally joking. I think that this was it was interesting to see that 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 it it was announced the way that it was with a quote from pat Mm -hmm. saying that he is deserving of the promotion and 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 i loved everything that was said and i mean obviously like and we'll talk about it later like why andy is so important but like they just talked about in the release he'll continue to assist nick Harrison and pat riley and management of all aspects of basketball um and then they basically just went over all of his achievements, and to me, just to add that executive vice president like title to it, there's only one thing ahead of that, and that's president at this point. And we know who the president is, and that is right. Mr. Riley himself. So I I did think that there there's probably something to this forward thinking wise in terms of like if the fan base wanted to know who is who is really i guess the um, the guy that they can count on looking forward it's andy ellisberg and i think like to there's no better hands that he can that the he, he fan could feel that they're in than andy ellisberg because it's also it's a team effort it always has been even when pat was involved so i think that this just establishes um, to the fan base if you you know for all these things as it relates to basketball, let's make sure it's clear. Andy Ellisberg is that guy, and I'm I'm happy for him. So, but but it, the the statement I I can't help but look into it more. As Ethan, as you teed it up, it's hard not to look at it and say, what is going
2: on here? Yeah, what was the point of it? Like, because you, you say, okay, to make the fan base more at ease. But I don't think the fan base was concerned. That That's the part. Like, if, if there's a question, like, let's say, I mean, Pat's 77 years old. Okay. Let, let's say that Pat has some kind of a health issue that takes him away for a little while. Or maybe you haven't heard from Pat in a while or something along those lines. Yeah. Then I could see the fan base, like, freaking out about it. But this is not an organization that goes through instability. The same people are there from 25 to 30 years ago. They've just not noticing. Right, exactly. They've just promoted the two guys, you know, one out of the video room and one out of the media relations staff, all the way through to the two, you know, in some ways, you know, beyond Pat, the most powerful, you know, and, and obviously the money folks above Pat, uh, the two most powerful positions of the organization, head coach and general manager. Like, they've, they've literally pluck them out of those places and Pat's developed them. And I've said on this podcast and on Twitter that I think the greatest thing that Pat has done since he's come to Miami has nothing to do with personnel acquisition. It has to do with the way he's developed these assets inside his front office and on his coaching staff uh, to to have essentially the best coach in the league and the best cap expert in the league. And and these were both people that Pat inherited – and saw something in and has, you know, essentially groomed and developed and all that. And I, I think that's been, that is his ultimate legacy here beyond getting LeBron or drafting Dwayne or getting Jimmy or anything like that. But like I said, nobody was crying out for this. Like we, I, I know we've talked about it, in some of the podcasts, but I don't think there is a concern, you know, with Pat's health at this point, he has said, he said the last press conference that uh, you know, he, he, he indicated he pretty much he's going to go forever and, um, you know and so you know to to put out a press release to basically say Andy you know has gone from senior to executive vice president without specifying any change in his role yeah,
3: that's the weird
0: I, part
2: <laughs> it, it's it's just kind of like okay and if the title just came with more money okay then you know more power to him and you know you know I, I Andy you can upgrade your phone and all that good stuff and that's terrific um but I would just say like <laughs> i i just don't I guess I don't know the point of it from from unless you're trying to signal something for the future or you're trying to signal something to the Portland Trailblazers. And this is the only other thing that I thought of after the fact. And I didn't think of it at the time. But if Andy's the one that's handling this stuff and we don't I don't again, I don't know who's making all the calls right now. And And according to some reports, there really aren't a whole lot of calls being made because you know the heat of basically he said this is our position and joe cronin come back to us when you don't find anything okay which is what's going to happen we both believe that um but maybe it's establishing <laughs> this is how much we believe in andy ellisberg is our as our liaison on this and so that's who you're yeah. going to do this deal with I, that's the only other thing that I can think of that is the reason you would put out this release. Like don't
3: wait to hear from Pat because you're not getting a call from Pat (laughs) because Andy is that guy and let's just put out a release and we'll just adjust the title from senior to executive. That would be a boss move if that's a leverage play, but I think that that's us. That is – Ethan uh you being a great columnist uh and I know that that's deep down inside somewhere that is a little bit of fan fiction though
2: right Yeah it is and I haven't done written a column in a long time and so until I start doing that for off the floor maybe I'll stay away from that stuff but I just say it's interesting it it was it, it, was, it was a release that didn't need to be sent and and the heat don't typically would- send releases that don't need to be sent. They they sent Wouldn't you stewards. think
3: it was like Adam Simon if they were trying to protect him from another team?
2: But they like, did that Andy. once before with Adam, didn't they? Or am I missing it? Was it within the last two years that there were teams that were going after Adam? I do remember Adam getting a promotion. I probably should should investigate that a little bit. We we've talked. Maybe about- they
3: went after Andy and more power. I mean, to it for a team to go after Andy, they have gone us because it wasn't going to happen.
2: Well, anyway. we talked about Portland going after Spo two years ago, which I was one of the few people to report that. Um, I don't know again, I don't know how ESPN had it also at the same time. I don't know how far it got. I do know that they had serious conversations inside the Portland front office. We've talked about this on five on the floor to try to get spo um and uh, and I stand by our reporting on that uh because you know that reporting was then confirmed by by other reporters at ESPN who'd heard similar things that didn't know how we heard it. Okay, so I'll just, you know, I'll just leave it at that. But I I just it's it it was an interesting release. The timing of it, um, the lack of specificity in it. It's not like the organization then made Andy available to reporters to discuss it. So it was just kind of like, why are we getting this? Like, we know Andy's great. Um, We know he's not going to be leaving you know, and uh, I, I, that it was, it was, it was odd. And, but, but it, it did, it does tip off this conversation we're going to have here after the break, because it does seem at least ceremonially ceremonially to put Andy in the position to succeed Pat. I mean, that, it, I mean, you said it, there's only two levers above him now. Maybe there always were, but it's really clear now the Arison family, whether it's Nick or Mickey, who's ultimately making those decisions. We believe at this point it's Nick um, who who has tiebreaker authority and all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, and that's been a transition over the past couple of years. Um, but, and, and Pat, <laughs> and, then, and that's it. And so it would seem that if Pat moves on, who's the guy that takes the reins, you would think it would be Andy Ellisberg at that stage, right? So we'll we'll discuss that, but it does get into this conversation about who the most important person in the organization is now and going forward. We do want to mention a couple more sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Did this today, played prize picks, um, played it on the big three. Went over on Michael Beasley. That was an easy play, right? Like uh, there was a lot of people sentimental about having bees back in the building today. I don't think the Heat are going to try that again, but I know Alex wants that to happen. Go to prizevix.com, use code 5 Get that initial deposit matched up to $100. as is the official fantasy sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Also check out Stones and More. You can find them at mosaics.com. Family-owned business, serving the community for over 20 years, dedicated customer service, wholesale distributors. We reach out to Juan and his team. They've got the best quality of porcelain and ceramic tiles, along with a wide variety of high-end mosaics with unique modern designs. We also appreciate them sponsoring our Messian Co. coverage. Of course, that was – everybody should thank me. I was supposed to go the other night. I didn't. That's why that happened. That's why that, that – uh, penalty kick or free kick at the end he converted if I was there none of that would have actually occurred go to mosaics.com 305-828-0940 again it's stones and more the best quality of porcelain and ceramic tiles that you can find this show is sponsored by better help what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day go for a run take a nap maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game I've got a better idea to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat.
0: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, you are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: All right, let's get to it. Um, so here here's here's what's important in an organization. Okay. So we've got somebody that, you know, the Heat seem to have in charge of all this. So there is talent procurement, okay, the ability to identify talent, draft free agency, et cetera. I think right now we would say Adam Simon is primary in charge of that seems like the draft has been turned over to him in a whole bunch of different ways right like yeah
3: for sure undrafted guys etc he he, i would say he's probably the uh the engine of that you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. if we're gonna say who's like directing what and i'm using the term director not in title at all you know what i mean just like at and so yes Small and the short answer is yes.
2: Okay, so talent procurement, talent identification, etc. Um, identification more so than procurement, but identification mostly. I'm gonna say Adam Simon. Obviously, the scouts are important in that. Uh, whether it's Eric Ansler or or, or uh, Keith Askins, others in the organization, Chet Kammerer when he still seems to be around. Um, but basically it's 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 Adam's show and it to a large degree, right? A lot of trust there. Okay, then there is the coaching of the players, the developing of the players. We know who's in charge of that, uh, which is Eric Spolstra, obviously. And, and he's had a big part in the developmental program and building a developmental staff and all that. But he is the man in charge of that. Then there is the the big picture plan for the players and and the setting the course for the organization. And that is still Pat Riley. And then is the, how are you going to make all those players fit under the salary cap to be able to actually – so I should have used the term procurement maybe more with Andy, um, but to take that talent and find a way to either bring it in uh, because you're able to create the the cap mechanisms to do so, stay under the luxury tax, all the other things, which they're not going to be able to do this year, but obviously not make it exorbitant. Um, And that's Andy Ellisberg, And then I guess so. there's really five levers here. And then there's the fifth part, which is actually paying the damn players, (laughs) right? Yeah. Which is (laughs) – which is the Arison family, and so we'll say Mickey, yeah. Nick, and anybody associated with them. Okay, so we've basically got five levers here. We've got the Arisons, we've got Pat, we've got Andy, we've got Spo, we've got Adam Simon. Are we missing anybody who we would say – I mean, Shane Batty for a little while looked like he might be no, but he's on not. that tier. Zoe yeah. is not on that tier Z- in terms of responsibility. No, but Zoe,
3: Zoe – no, he's not in that tier, but he is – um without a doubt at that table i don't no, know no if,
2: question he's at the table he, he's no. not
3: he's not i don't know that he has a vote in the decision-making process and we're getting very granular here mm-hmm. but i make no mistake about it alonzo morning is a primary influencer i would say i would say he, talk he, about. He, he,
2: in an advisory capacity that, correct that, that absolutely Zo, Zo has influence and trust there um particularly from pat okay yeah, so, exactly okay so that's fair. Shane not really part of this process anymore. Um, and then we've also—it's uh, funny because we talk about the table. You—it literally is a table when you go to practice,
1: <laughs>
2: right? It is—it is a table. It is um, there. You know, they they sit there on the side of practice. And when he's in town, you know, it's Mickey slash Nick. Usually Mickey uh, if he's there. Um, uh, you know, Pat, Andy, skull walks over to the table. Zoe is at the table, right? Um, and then, and-, and, and that that's basically the, the core group, okay? Um, you know, that, that that they have. Although, although there are others who, who have influence and have had influence at times. Okay, so we're going through those five. So if we're to rank, what is most important? The default option is typically to say, well, it's ownership, right? Like, because if you don't have stable ownership, that's again, willing to spend on the product, and is committed to the product you have problems yeah but but i think in this case the fact that again the arisons have mostly uh, deferred to pat's judgment on so many things even if maybe you know haven't always wanted to you know to go to certain financial lengths if they didn't feel that the team was worthy of it at that time when they have felt it's worthy they have typically spent so i know fans will kind of there there will be some arguments about that stuff but but generally i'm going to take them out of this equation is that yeah. is that fair
3: yeah absolutely because um i i don't know that anybody is going to necessarily say that somebody else and I, they're only for continuity's sake do the arisons get a shout in this particular scenario and i do think that everything that they've built they need to get credit for and the fact that like for mickey to have the humility to give it to pat to make the decisions from a basketball perspective and get the hell out of the way that is a smart move and so as long as they continue with that way of thinking and letting andy and letting eric do some of the things that they do i i am all for that line of thinking but let's get them out of the way
2: yeah, and I think when we do that, we, we make this point. The, the most important decision that was made in Miami Heat history was made by the Arison family, specifically Correct. Mickey, which was to spend the first-round pick and go get Pat Riley. So, uh, you know, everything follows from that, and the stability of the continuity organization follows from that. We can quibble over specific things since that, um, and specifically lately, and we have a little bit here. But, again, we're going to slide out of the way there. Okay, so now – let's get to the what the other the talent stuff and we've taken zoe out of the equation on this particular topic okay so so we are we are left with adam simon andy ellisberg eric spolster pat riley okay on the i guess on the organizational flow chart it's still pat now andy eric adam right and we can argue andy and Spo are maybe on the same line, but again, they just gave Andy this additional yeah. title. So, okay. All right. So we've got those four. So now here's here's let's before we get into the specifics of all four of them, let's get into the importance of the jobs that they do for any sports organization. So we said there's talent identification, which in this case we're gonna attribute mostly to Adam there's talent development which is we're going to attribute mostly to spo okay there is acquisition talent acquisition slash procurement slash making it work in a salary cap era talking to other general managers etc so we'll call that all procurement basically andy and then there's vision
3: that word doesn't give it its due
2: it doesn't, but I don't really know another Pro-
3: procurement. But I'm just, I, roster right. construction, etc. But it's just so broad. But anyway, continue. You,
2: you know what I mean. He's the guy yeah, who actually yeah. has to, because I mean, look.
3: I just don't want to not give it its due, but no continue. we're giving it
2: its due. I'm just saying, like, like we, we <laughs> like can't it's say the,
3: it's the meatiest gig of all of them,
2: almost. Well, but maybe it's most important. That's what we're going to talk about. So, but in this case, Adam. Uh, talent identification doesn't mean anything if you can't figure out a way to get the talent into the organization right so that's what i would say i mean it's critical to find the right guys but you have to find a way to make it work do we have two ways do we have this do we have that can we make this trade can we fit this guy under the cap can we fit this guy under the tax can we can we what are we going to do to so again uh, it's a huge you know it's it's a different level but may or may not be more important. That's what what we're going to get to. And then there's the vision thing, right? Which is is Pat, right? Which is setting the course for the organization in all ways, you know, making sure that the right overall decisions are made for the future of the franchise. There's an aura that comes with it and all the rest of that. And, you know, I don't know what we want to call what Pat does, (laughs) but it's, all of that stuff there's other things by the way that eric does in his category he is basically the pre- he is the presenter to the public now he is the one voice like that was pat sure. but it's now spo spo is the face of the organization now okay because he's the one who deals with the media on a daily basis uh he's the one who's out there every day pat talks Listen, to us once, once a year you just know?
3: this summer when they needed josh richardson to turn down uh Taxpayer mid uh, taxpayer uh, exceptions and and come for the exception uh, the vet minimum. It was Spolster on the phone, which I think right. is an interesting point.
2: Right, and before that, again, not to because we don't want to diminish the contribution that the Arison's have made to this. When they needed to get Dwayne Wade back in 2015, Pat got the hell out of the room because he and Henry were not on great terms at that point, and it was the Arison's who actually you know, delivered Dwayne back at one year and 20 million dollars. The next year it didn't work so well because Pat got too far out of the way and Dwayne was upset about that. But Dwayne probably doesn't come back in 2015 if Pat doesn't get out of the way and somebody else jumps in. So we talk about Riley doing it. It was also by the way, the Durant presentation was mostly Spo mm-hmm. okay. That almost, you know, you know, pulled him in. So it's not the first time that Spo has been heavily involved in the transaction stuff. In the sense of trying to sell it. And by the way, that's another place where Zoe is important in those kind of meetings. Uh, he's had a role in, in those kind of meetings. But anyway, okay, so we're trying to drill down on the importance of each of them specifically, but just generally in a, in a basketball organization, which of those four jobs is the most important? Not the people doing it specifically for the heat, but those four <laughs> Yeah, jobs. That's where this gets I- I'm tricky. just I'm, I'm trying to separate it before we get into um, the next part. I-, I would
3: say the most important job is probably uh all the way up at the top. Um and the heater just such a weird circumstance because when we flip and we get into what's most important, people are gonna be shocked by where I go. Um, I think they may be anyway. Uh, but I think that the visionary part of it is the top. Cause if you don't have that, cause like we're calling it the top, but really what it is is it's the bottom and you have to build the foundation on the most solid ground. So like, think of it in those terms. So to me, that's the biggest part of it, but the heat are not the, the typical organization. So I'm kind of making that point. Um, so if we're going to just talk about the heat, I have a different answer. I, I, I'm gonna cut to the chase. Go ahead. I think Eric Spolstra is the most important person in the organization because what Pat Riley signifies and what his vision is is so ingrained in everything they do that um it's almost like, what would Pat do? Like everybody knows, like to some degree, you could like make that gut check. And maybe I'm wrong about this. I feel like Eric Spolstra is now the most important person in the organization i'm cutting to the chase
2: i'm going to devil's advocate you here because i may come down the same place but i'm going to devil's advocate you here and let's say this let's say that eric decides to take a two-year sabbatical don't aggregate me it's not happening okay let's say he decides to take a two-year sabbatical they feel chris quinn is ready to take over the head coaching job we know that uh several possible successors to spo if he ever went strictly front office or left oh, have left right joan joan howard has left uh they couldn't
3: handle andy taking a two year sabbatical if f- that's they, what you're uh, getting at they you couldn't got, survive
2: playing devil's advocate here so <laughs> let let's just say that i mean because we know joan's left fizz is left right like others who were considered you know dan craig has left although you know there were other reasons and behind that got me okay so <laughs> i prepped for this one i don't usually prep okay so so um Let's just say – let's say that Spoh takes a two-year sabbatical. They plug in Chris Quinn. Pat's still running the organization for a couple of years, and Adam is still here picking the players uh, or having a big role in picking the players, the the newcomers who come to the team. Uh, Andy's still handling the cap stuff and talking to GMs. Let me give you that scenario. Let me give you another scenario now, okay? So that's one option, okay? The other option is Pat leaves. Andy takes over that job. Spo in sort of an assistant advisory uh influence role beside Andy okay but maybe Andy has the title but Spo you know is taking more of a role maybe not as president of the organization but is sort of right there and Adam you sort of have a a three-headed uh kind of monster there okay in which scenario are they better off? Are you telling me they'd be better off? They'd be better off with the second scenario. Well, excuse me, you would would be saying they'd be better off with the the second scenario than the first scenario, because in the first scenario, suppose, you know, suppose on, on, you know, suppose in the Philippines uh, just taking a two year break. No,
3: I'm saying they can survive a two year sabbatical of Eric Spolster being gone much much easier than they could You've two already year flipped. sabbatical in the you did like you wanted, like the, the, the minute that you said two years sabbatical i said wait a minute <laughs> the, the nuts and bolts of this you you hundred percent swayed me. I completely sw- swapped this around. There's to be no- harder than that
2: because I I might not necessarily agree. So I'm just saying, I'm just throwing it at you here. He, he no, was- but it, now
3: now you won't wait. I don't think you can get knock me off this position now. Let's okay, <laughs> here now I'm
2: I'm gonna try to flip it back. Okay, I I will say this. Okay, I I think Adam is tremendous at his job. Um, I'm surprised they haven't lost him already, but. I, th- I believe in the heat and their organization to find someone else who is really good at talent identification. Maybe not at the level that Adam has proven to be, but I, just, a great I think that too, job though. is easier to find because, because of the nature of the organization in that, yes, the drafted guys and the undrafted guys are important, particularly the way they we've, they've, they've identified these undrafted guys. And they become this kind of uh funnel for these type of players and all the rest of it. But ultimately, the Heat go after whales or orcas. And so I I feel like in that case, you can get by with someone a little less good (laughs) compared to Adam, whereas I I don't think you can get by without having, you know, uh, because I think it matters to free agents to have people who've won big like Pat or Spo in the room. Guiding the philosophy, so I'm going to say of the four of them, and no disrespect to Adam, who again I think everybody knows uh, my regard for what he does. I would I would say that's the one we can eliminate just because of the nature of the the heater. Okay,
3: agree. But I mean, like we're talking about absolute titans here, so no, but
2: I'm saying this, and I'm trying. Okay, so we're we're down to Pat, Spo, and Andy again. Okay, um, and it's something I have to consider because we don't know how much longer Pat's going to hang around. We just don't. Um, here here's the reason that I might flip back or try to flip you back. I think it's Spo. Okay. And I think it's Spo, even with the whole well, could they have Chris Quinn come in and do a good job as coach? I think Spo has elevated himself in the eyes of players around the league now. That's true. To a point that his cachet is way above where it was even during the big three era. I think that the the, the script has flipped on him as a front facing person, as the face of the organization who's there every day to it's someone so who has had to do more with less. And so if you're talking about that, then it has flipped from, okay, the heat have provided every resource or Pat has provided every resource to the script has flipped among players where it's like, look what he's doing with this group. Like even Jimmy was not universally considered a top 15 player before he came to Spo. So now there is, and Bam, as we've talked about, was the 14th pick, right? So I, I think it's flipped now where players are like, not only has he developed, and I've talked to players about this, not only has he developed undrafted guys, he's but he's literally stars. made stars better okay from LeBron and so if you're that kind of player if you are Dame and again come come to this okay what 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 do you think Bam must think of Spo even with some frustrations at all this if he's legitimately recommending he's basically telling Dame this is where you want to be as a star you want to yep. play for this guy okay yeah that's why i think or uh, Dwayne to Jimmy think of that well exactly and even considering some of the issues that Dwayne and Spo had over the course of Dwayne's year okay which again everything smooths out in the end but it wasn't always easy um there were ebbs and flows with Dwayne and Spo. I mean obviously the beginning was great it was a challenge during particularly during the big three era and some other things that were going on there frustrations Indiana 2012 lots of stories I could tell um we know how it turned out okay with much love between the two of them and all the rest of this and Dwayne you know essentially endorsing him you know two other star players like you mentioned like jimmy um and, and also the fact that supposed 53 years old or what is it now okay and and so i you know he he's the face of the organization that can now go to the next 10 15 years i am going to actually eliminate pat to me it's a two-person conversation now is that, I is that fair i mean because I, I know yeah a,
3: because Because I feel like Pat Riley's imprint is so ingrained in everything they do that it is within the subconscious movement of everything that takes place already. And that is like, for me to be able to say that is the, is the coolest shit ever for a heat fan and Pat Riley should feel great about that because it means that he's basically built an organization that can function, um, lockstep with kind of the spirit of what he's wanted to build so i i agree while he is the godfather this is down to andy and spo and i think we're going to land in a place where and this is the the universe works in mysterious ways because i think they need both of their asses for this to really (laughs) to work honestly
2: probably so um and one point you made there about pat i think is worth mentioning because if you contrast it with the other team the other major team in town Don Shula didn't get to set that course. He really didn't. He didn't get to leave his legacy beyond his time with the team. Now, of course, Don was still coaching. Pat's not still coaching. So transition that was made there, there was an ownership change. This is where the stability of the Arisons matters. There was an ownership change, uh, you know, from the Robbie family to Wayne. And then later, you know, after, well after Shula uh, from, from Wayne to, to Ross, Um, but almost nothing was left from Shula's time by the time Jimmy came in like that. I mean, when, when Jimmy Johnson came in in 1996, this thing flipped the organization went a completely different direction. There were a few holdovers left training trainers, that kind of stuff. But as far as decision makers in the organization were not there anymore, like really it's kind of sad. If you think about it, Shula really didn't, there was very little footprint from Don Shula after he left and the fans wanted him out. That's not going to be the case with Pat. Okay. I mean, frustrations with Pat from the fan base aside, there's nobody calling for Pat no. to leave. Okay. Or they're, you're an idiot. If you, no. if you are, they just I'm...
3: get pointed
2: and laughed at. <laughs> right. So, so there's, so he has left and again, his imprint on this organization before anything else, before the players, before is, is Eric Spolster and Andy Ellisberg. That is his legacy. You're right. okay and now to a certain degree Adam Simon and others who who have who have come in after Spo and Andy came in in their particular roles um and, and I think that is what makes this organization incredibly unique um it is why they've been able to weather brief down periods because there is there is the stability at the top whether it's the Arisons or 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 Pat um and, and it is why we can say the greatest compliment we can say about pat riley is that they will survive his departure that is the best thing we can absolutely say it is not pejorative to say that we're actually saying he has created essentially uh as you've talked about it and we i you use the word culture um you know I, i'll 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 use the word stability whatever we want to call it but it's a, it's a way of doing things and it's a belief in what they do. Um, And, and these two people have become the best in the world at what they do under his watch with his guidance. And that does not mean that it's always perfect. Okay. It does not mean that there's always universal agreement, but I, I think that is really the, and when you see how few people, that they've really let into the inner circle all these years. We talk about how nobody leaves and there are a few who've left, but not many, but very few come in also. Yeah.
3: I mean, for Zoe to be as in as he's in is super cool. And I think like, that's a, it's a big development, I believe. In, um, I think he's made great strides in that regard in the last, let's say four years.
2: Mm-hmm. No, they've given him much more responsibility for sure. But now you see Karan in the organization and yep you know, well, maybe we'll get Rio in the organization too. We'll see. Um, But others, I mean, then you have someone we don't talk about a lot, but, you know, AC, who's now gone, but Malik Allen, we're both, you know, part of that undrafted lineage prior. Um, And and Chris Quinn too. Somebody else we don't talk about uh, as being part of an undrafted, developed player by the Heat. He was, okay? So that is part of what they've done. And I'm going to say, I agree with you that they're intertwined together. Eileen Spo as the most indispensable because he is the front-facing person for the organization and and I think that ultimately in this free agent era and maybe it's more of a get traded one year before free agency era or whatever or <laughs> demand to trade like Dame or whatever the, the 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 front-facing person I think is the most important I and I think that especially in the social media age um the players I I just think it's flipped on Spo I I think that I think that this this playoff run in particular changed the narrative on him a lot um because you and I both agreed he did not have a great regular season um no. Uh, no okay this was not his best uh but the the postseason stuff was so Elite considering uh, the circumstances that they were in
3: it just shows he'll get to it just right. give him some time. He's going right. to get and, to
2: it. <laughs> and so I, I just think you're talking about somebody who's at the absolute, you know, top of his, of his game. Um, I think he's the most important person in the organization now. I like I debated it a lot. I was leaning one way or the other. Um, But I, I think he's the one they can least afford to lose.
3: Um, See, that's how I started this whole thing. I know. And I, then I flipped I you. I went back the other this, direction. Though, I stand by this just functionally today. Uh On July 23rd of 2023, for me to think about Andy Ellisberg just taking two years and being out, that would be very hard, I think, on a day-to-day level for the organization to function, where Spolstra has a tree beneath him that I don't know Andy has that same tree beneath him, and maybe we need to get more about what that tree is, and maybe Adam has more responsibility beneath in uh, doing the cat gymnastics that Andy can do that uh that you know could supplement that, but that's why I why I stand by that, but I went into this wanting to say spo so now I'm saying both and i'm I guess that's my Stugatz moment. moment well out here's
2: the, here's the other part of it before we close. You mentioned the tree under spo you know at, at some point you you start to lose all the branches of the tree too and and that's kind of the thing. It's like the longer that he stays, like you know Chris Quinn has drawn yes. interest
3: the upper trajectory is like what
2: right so th- they're ultimately you know pop everybody left <laughs> right like you know james Barrago or any of the others that they've had i know becky hammond is you know look for other opportunities they he's had other coaches under him mike brown etc they've gone other places because pop never left and now he's not leaving for another five years um you have to make sure that the the top of the assistant chart for the heat is strong if this ever happens. Because yes, could you go get a, I mean, could you go back and say, Oh, hey, Juan, come back to the organization when you're done in Michigan, right? But I mean, who knows if he will ever be done in Michigan? It's just, you know, it's his alma mater, right? So you just don't know. Um and so it's
3: totally a hypothetical about this whole No, It thing. is, like, but
2: it has to look, it has to be considered. Look, look, I look, I covered the dolphins for years. And seriously, if a coach lasted there for two and a half seasons, it was, a, it was a miracle. Okay. So this is, this is totally uncharted territory for basically any organization in sports except the, the San Antonio Spurs. I mean, if, if you look at, even if you look at the new England Patriots, I mean, how many coordinators Oh yeah, have they gone it's through, flipped. how many general managers have they gone through? Okay. I mean, Pioli left. Uh, I can't remember the guy who went to Atlanta for a while who became they've lost general manager after general manager. He's run out of assistance to the point that he had a former defensive player as the quarterback coach, offensive coordinator last year. Like a certain point you do run out of people from Um,
3: owner front office to coach, like all from the bench to the, all the way up to the skybox. I mean, I'm telling you like, I don't know of many other situations other than Miami where you've had this consistency that long. I don't know if there is any, honestly.
2: That made this a difficult debate because, honestly, it feels like they can't lose any of them because they never have lost any of them. Um, that's that's basically the way it's gone. I was thinking about Randy Fun today as I'm watching Michael Beasley. I'm like, that's, that's the one guy who's not here anymore for the whole Riley era. Yeah. Maybe if they hadn't drafted Beasley, he still would be. Who knows? I uh, kind of missed Michael, watching Michael play. Anyway, we went longer than we expected, but I think it's an interesting hypothetical debate. I think we managed to make, if they listen, uh, all of them angry at us. So that's fine. Um, we appreciate that and we'll certainly take their comments. I'm sure that we have all their responsibilities wrong uh, and, and all. Please all- clarify yeah please exactly we'll, we'll we'll take your comments all right thanks to our sponsors stones and more mosaics.com that's mosaics.com mark brown PA.com. prize picks use the code five f-i-v-e maybe they should do like you know how many years like pat riley over or under two and a half years play that on prize picks use the code five get that initial deposit batch up to a hundred dollars all right we're gonna give alex the night off we might just bring him on to do michael beasley memories here in the next 48 hours have a good night everybody